Annuities, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, they're not checking accounts, Caleb, and they're not designed to be checking accounts. I've always described them as a medium to long-term vehicle for you're putting your money in for the medium to long-term. If you're putting your money into annuity and you need it all back next year, you got problems because they're not designed. Now, the annuities have liquidity, and we'll talk about that. They're, they have restrictions, but they have limited liquidity. But look, you, uh, you've got the wrong vehicle. Somebody put you in the wrong product. That, that shouldn't be that. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another Intentional Money Matters segment with the Better Wealth Podcast. I'm here with Harry Stout, and we're going to be talking about some of the drawbacks to um, fixed annuities. And so, yes, you heard it. Uh, we're going to be talking about the downside to annuities. And before you get all excited or something, we're pro doing the best thing for people. And and Harry, you've written a whole book on annuities. And, um, you know, I've seen annuities work in amazing ways for people. And hopefully you can explain why people use annuities. But also if you're in the market of looking for this and maybe incorporating this into your retirement plan, like you got to understand some of the downfalls because unfortunately we live in a world where some people cut corners, they don't know what they don't know. And we've all met someone that's maybe has an annuity or something like that in their portfolio or in their life that is a, a hindrance in drawing them back. So with that, without further ado, why don't you take us away? And I'm going to be taking notes as well. All right. So let's let's talk about annuities. And, and actually, for the audience, I've been the CEO of two of the nation's largest annuity companies. I probably have sold in excess of 30 billion of annuities in my life. So I haven't wanted to say I'm the $30 billion man or something like that. But again, annuities are a tool, Caleb. And I think that's what people have to understand. They're not for everyone and they don't solve everything, but there are drawbacks. Now, I just think, as you described, I think people need to understand what those are. Now, one thing that's happening this year that's different maybe for a lot of people in your audience is when they get their 401k statements, they're going to begin to get income disclosures about how much income that, how much income your 401k balance would generate. And there's some requirements for what that disclosure looks like. They take it to age 67. They have some assumptions of the type of annuity they buy and so on. I think that's going to shock a lot of people, Caleb, because someone will say, I've got $100,000 in my 401k. The world's wonderful. But in reality, it doesn't generate a lot of income. So I think annuities are going to be more on people's lips this year. They're going to be asking more about them, and they need to have a comprehensive knowledge. And so there are drawbacks. And I'll give you an example on fixed annuities for one. How do you earn interest on them? You know, typically the insurance company declares the rate of interest on that annuity product, but it's usually for one year. But the annuity itself, the fixed annuity, may have surrender charges or a deferred sales charge that's five or seven years. So you're relying on that insurance company to pay you a competitive rate for the other years for which the product has a surrender charge. And so that is a drawback. Now, there are some annuities where the interest rate is the same for all years in the surrender charge period. They're called multiple year guarantee annuities. So that you're safe if you totally safe if you buy that. But that this has been the way in which annuity products, fixed annuities, have been designed and marketed for years. Appreciate that overview. And yeah, I know that let's let's get into this list. All right. So that's that's number one is the interest crediting restrictions. They can change every year. So the the carry the life insurance company sets that rate of interest every year. Is there a question that we can ask or making sure that we avoid 
when when as it relates to that that potential number one downfall? Well, I think that's I think that that's a really good that's a great question, Caleb. And I think you can. Most insurance companies, really good annuity companies, will publish what's called their their renewal rate list, their renewal rate report, and it will show how they've renewed their annuities over a number of years. The really quality companies stand behind that. That's a selling point for them. But in the course of the sales process, the consumer should ask, how will this product renew? Can I get a copy of the renewal history? And they can do legwork on uh, various the company that they're looking to buy from to see if there have been any major complaints. So I think you, know, you, can, you can do that. So number one is interest crediting can change. So that's a drawback. Uh, number two, now this is a shock to some people because they really haven't been presented with it, but annuities, the income that you earn on an annuity is not subject to capital gains taxes. So say you buy, you buy an annuity for $25,000 and then seven years later, you decide to cash it in and it's worth $50,000. That 25,000 of appreciation is ordinary income. So there's no capital gains. And one of the reasons for that is when the Congress and the Internal Revenue Service put together all the rules relating to annuities and they grant annuities tax deferral. Annuities are one of the only vehicles that have tax deferral. They said, look, you can have tax deferral and we'll let you defer it up until, uh, you know, up until the time you retire and so on. It's forever, rather, it still has tax deferral, but we're going to give you some restrictions. And one of the restrictions we're going to give you is no capital gains tax, no capital gains tax benefit. Mm-hmm. So you're stuck with that. And uh, that is, that's the reality of, of the way the products work. No, no, Harry, is it fair to say that if people are cashing out, they're maybe not, you know, staying like it that tells you that they had a bad annuity to begin with, or are there some annuities that the whole goal is to cash out? What is your thoughts on that? There, there are products that are accumulation based, so you would cash out. And there's some we could describe um, many seniors use multiple year guarantees annuities as alternatives to certificates of deposit. And they either live off the interest or decide to cash it in because they need that flexibility. So some use for accumulation. Others, you know, they maybe they have a life event that they hadn't planned on. Annuities, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, they're not checking accounts, Caleb. And they're not designed to be checking accounts. I've always described them as a medium to long-term vehicle for you're putting your money in for the medium to long-term. If, if you're putting your money into annuity and you need it all back next year, you got problems because they're not designed. Now, the annuities have liquidity, and we'll talk about that. They're, they have restrictions, but they have limited liquidity. But look, you, uh, you've got the wrong vehicle. Somebody put you in the wrong product. That, that shouldn't be that. Got it. Okay. All right. The third, the third thing that you see in the marketplace is many of the companies will sell a fixed annuity, and they'll offer a bonus interest rate. They'll say, look, you know, our normal interest rate is 3%, but we'll pay you a 3% first year bonus if you come over to and buy our product. So you look at that and say, I'm going to get 6% for the first year on fixed money. That's wonderful. I'm going to do that. Well, you know, drawback, you need to make sure how you qualify for that 3%. Sometimes they'll say, we'll give you that 3%, but you, you have to stay with us for five years. So you vest on that 3% over five years, or in some cases, you'll only get that 3% if you, if you take an annuity stream from us versus a lump sum. So there are restrictions. So please be careful when you buy an annuity that offers a bonus to understand 
how you qualify for it, how it vests, and how you'll be able to use it. But just a little, it's interesting how the marketing and the draw, So, because some, some financial professionals I know will not sell bonus products. They just won't because they don't want to get involved in that because they're concerned that that's uh, an improper approach. Others sell them, but they fully disclose exactly how they work. And I'll tell you, I bought a bonus. I bought a bonus. I One of the annuities I own, I bought a bonus. And one of the reasons was I knew exactly that money was going to sit there for, that was a 10-year, pro, I wasn't going to touch anything for a decade until I was going to convert it into income. So that was a great thing for me. So, so I bought that and I've used it that way. So um, that's what the key issue there. That's number three. Now, number four gets back to the issue that you and I were hitting on is limited access to cash. Annuities are, again, medium to longer term vehicles. They have something called a surrender charge. So if you say it's a, a seven year surrender charge annuity, there'll be a surrender charge typically goes seven, six, five. It'll step down over the, over the seven year period. And um, that's just the way annuities are designed. The carriers need that in order to make the economics of the product work and also to pay what are normally higher rates than other fixed income options in the marketplace. So if you buy an annuity and you something happens and you need the cash, maybe you didn't expect you were gonna need it, but your roof goes bad or a health issue comes in. Well, there are ways you can get cash out of the, and most annuities will allow you to take 10% a year, what's right. called a 10% free withdrawal. Others, you can do a partial surrender, a full right. surrender, or they have other income options that allow you to, uh, to, to draw money from the annuity contract. The key is there are restrictions. You need to understand what those restrictions are and be able to live with them. Yeah, one one uh, when I was working at the bank, there was a company that had did, did a fixed annuity. We kind of used it as a CD alternative, and they had a twenty percent free withdrawal um, and and a five year in a five year time period with pretty low surrender charges. Um, and so while the interest rate wasn't the highest, like there was other annuities that were higher when it came to flexibility, when it came to the reason why someone would opt for that versus others is the more liquidity because um, you and I have both experienced people that have, might be locked into a quote unquote good annuity, but um, th life changed and they need access to money. And now they're paying some type of penalty on top of other things um, just yeah. to access their money. And so that, that can be a, a very negative thing uh, depending on where you are and if it's suitable for you. Right. And I think one of the things, and, and you bring up a really great point, Caleb, what percentage of someone's liquid net worth should go into an annuity? And that's been a, an, it's an age old question. I think what we find in practice is the answer is anywhere between 25 and 50% of a person's liquid net worth, typically related to age. Older people might have a higher percentage because they need that income to last the rest of their life so that you'll see that. So, um, I mean, that's one of the, one of the issues that, that, that are there that you have to kind of uh, work through, but uh, uh, different annuities, different flexibility, different approaches to access cash. And that's what, if you're buying an annuity or if you're selling an annuity, your, your consumer that you're working with need to, needs to understand those withdrawal features. And if you're buying, you definitely do so that uh, you can look at them. And by the way, a lot of the carriers have added really nice new features. Um, if you, uh, over the last decade, 15 years, they've added, if you're terminally ill, you can get the money out without a surrender charge. If you are mandated to go into a nursing home, you can get the money out with any sort of surrender charge. Uh, some have other provisions. If, you're just, uh, if you uh, have a long-term care event, 
and you're not unable to perform three of six ADLs, you can get out without a surrender charge. So carriers have been creative. The key for the consumer is to understand what you're buying and the provisions that are there. The other thing in just playing devil's advocate, playing devil's advocate is surrender charges are good for an annuity company because it creates stability. And um, when they tap into mortality credits and other uh, other assumptions like rate of return on capital and, and so they can uh, fulfill their promises on other of the people that have those products, like those surrender charges create that insurance for the company. And so we sometimes look at it from a consumer standpoint, but it's not so cut and dry where you want to go with the company that has all the quote unquote X, Y, or Z best surrender charges, because that also potentially creates some flaws on the back end. It's just, just my nature of playing both sides, but no, it's a balance. And that's true. That's exactly true. You uh, surrender charge are needed by the insurance companies. There's no doubt about that, but they do enable them to pay higher rates potentially. And, they, and because they're going to invest the money in longer term bonds. And if you're going to have a low surrender charge and, and take the money out, they, they could be left uh, holding significant losses on the bonds should interest rates change dramatically. So it's a give and take. Yeah. But again, I think the key is anyone buying an annuity should have a pot of liquid cash somewhere that they can draw on for those, those emergencies in life. I mean, you shouldn't be looking for the annuity to be your emergency pot. Hopefully it's there to create that supplemental income flow for you later. Yep. Now, an, another drawback, and this is one we, we, we won't thank our folks in Congress for adding, is that it, if you take out any money from an annuity prior to age 59 and a half, they have this wonderful additional 10% penalty tax that you have to pay. Now, there's some ways to get around that 10% tax that I won't go into. A tax professional can provide you guidance. But if you take the money out prior to age 59 and a half, you're going to get a 10% additional tax penalty. And, and why is that? Congress said, look, we, we're creating annuities and a great giving them tax deferral in order to create a, a supplemental retirement vehicle. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to get. We want people to use them as such. So we don't want people putting in the money into annuities and taking it out right away. We don't want that doing that. So um, that's the approach there. But that 59 and a half situation is, is something that you really have to uh, understand. And it, it's a drawback. And, and Harry, that is on the interest, correct? Penalty would be on the interest. Yes. Right. So if you, right. if you had a qualified plan, it would obviously be on the whole, whole amount. Um, if you did a non-qualified plan, meaning you've already paid taxes on your money going into the annuity, it would just be on the interest. Now, it's my understanding that annuity, you uh, pay all the interest taxes first before you tap into principal. That's one thing that is set up. And I'm sure Congress had something to say about that as well. And so well, definitely- yeah. It's changed over the years. It's, it used to be last in, first out, but uh, now it, it's gonna be, it was first in, first out. Versus you, if you took withdrawals out, they used to be tax-free. Now you're correct. They're last in, first out. So any interest income is taxed first before you then get tax-free return of your principal if you're using non-qualified money. Yes. So uh, we, we could do a whole program on the taxation of annuities and we could bore the entire audience to death if unless they're really, really interested. Yeah. All right, next up. And this is a, a key point too, is that an annuity has tax deferral. Mm -hmm. So if you elect to put qualified money into an annuity, you're not going to get a new source. You already have tax deferral. So maybe you have a four, maybe you've got an IRA that you funded. The money in your IRA is obviously tax deferred up until, up until the time you withdraw from it, covering the rules that relate to IRAs. 
So if you put that money into a qualified annuity, you're not, you're not picking up any benefit at all. Some people don't understand that. And I think it's important. Um, what's happened, I think, Caleb, over the years is the reason people have taken money from an IRA and into an annuity is the annuity had payout options and maybe protection of principal, other benefits that they didn't have in their 401k plan yep. or didn't have in their, excuse me, their IRA. And they could get it on an annuity product and they would use it. So so there's no additional tax benefit for qualified funds. And, and our last drawback is, is why we're having this whole conversation today. Unfortunately, the way annuities have been designed and disclosed over the years, the mandatory regulatory disclosures, is that they're, they're complex. Yeah. Now, they're understandable, but they are complex. And in the sales process, the buyer has to, the buyer has to sign off on a significant number of disclosures. There has, there has to be an interview about the, their basic financial health, their financial well-being. I, I think they're all, there's, by the way, those are all reasonable actions that someone should make sure they go through prior to buying any. The average annuity today, $166,000 for a lot of the fixed annuities, $150,000. If you're going to part with your hard-earned money, you want to make sure you understand those disclosures, you go through them, but it is complex. But the product itself has a lot of applicability, especially today. Yeah. And maybe we should have a, a podcast where we break down the benefits. And I think it's, it's very, very important to lead with like, here's the reasons you shouldn't do it. These are the things to watch out uh, because uh, we don't want someone to take a sound bite and then go and, and get an annuity, lock up majority of their money in something that they don't know what they're doing and it, it being a problem. Um, and so I, I appreciate you taking time to, to break this down. And I will say the complexity part is ironically how we got connected and furthered our conversation because as a company, we, we want to be able to offer solutions to people. And I've always kind of been a little bit negative towards annuities mm -hmm. because I've always known that stereotypical financial advisor that maybe used them a little aggressively. Um, but I always knew that there was a place, especially um, in income planning, cash flow planning, retirement planning. And I just knew that there was a place as a potential bond alternative, as a, a potential to your portfolio. And so when we connected, I was just obviously really admired your background, your experience, mm -hmm. how you articulated. You have an amazing book on this that I really, really want to plug. If you are in the market to selling annuities or looking to buying annuities, I would highly, highly recommend you take time to read Harry's book on that. And we'll make sure to um, have a link there um, because I, again, I think it's one of the best books out there on annuities. Um, but I just want to highlight that um, there are pros, but some of the things that we went through, the complexity, um, the the uh, additional taxes, the, the interest rates kind of being unknown. So you really want to work with a company that's uh, important uh, or, or has that uh, history background. Um, I think all those things are important. Is there anything else that you wanted to say as it relates to this whole conversation and kind of what a next step should be if someone's kind of watching this and wanting to maybe know more information before they make a decision? I think they should, I think they should spend some time. Uh, my book, Today's Annuity, a tool for creating protected lifetime income. And, and as uh, you know, Caleb will put it in the show notes, I've written it to be objective. It describes the tool. It shows you the positives, the negatives. I go through each of the six product types and give people the positives and negatives of what those are. So, you know, if you're a financial professional, I think if you read it, it will give you a more comprehensive knowledge of what you're selling. And if you're a consumer, 
I think what it will do is give you the confidence to talk to a financial professional about an annuity and how it might be a tool that you can use to meet the financial challenges you have. And, and the key thing here is education, improving knowledge so that people can use. It's a valuable tool. And by the way, you can't, and, and Caleb, we sell collectively life insurance, annuities, other products that have guarantees and guarantees are powerful. And, but consumer needs to understand what they're buying, why the guarantee is important before they do. So those would be my concluding comments. 100% agree. Harry, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you putting a comprehensive list together. This was helpful and you're watching on YouTube. If you could take time to like the video, maybe give your biggest takeaway from this talk. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, think about uh, anyone that might need to hear this, maybe a financial advisor that you know, uh, maybe uh, someone that's one of your clients who's in the process of looking. Uh, this this uh, this show is going to give a good comprehensive outlook on what to look out for and how to be better prepared for what you should do in the future. And so without further ado, thank you. And we'll make sure to get your book on annuities in the show notes for people to go and buy. Great. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.